Welcome to the Globe Screen Podcast. If each of you would be so kind as to go around and introduce yourselves, it would be appreciated. I am Harrison Winter, one of three partners in Home Team. Uh, excited to be here. Thanks, Harrison. I'm Brandon Block, I'm calling in from Austin, also a partner with Home Team. And uh, Lagan Siebert, also a partner with Home Team. Excellent. Thank you guys so much. And perhaps uh, you guys could walk us through the Home Team model and how it's different from other approaches to production. Harrison, you go for it. <laughs> yeah, sure. You know, we look at Home Team as really remote global video production specialist. You know, we started working in this in this remote way a long time ago over the past decade, but really all banded together as as three partners a year and a half ago when the world and production, you know, really changed overnight. All of our experience in doing production remotely all of a sudden became very handy and pretty much became, you know, for a good chunk of time the only way forward in video production, whether that's, you know, commercials, branded content, TV shows, and things like that. We've got an amazing global network of filmmakers in over 150 countries that we're really proud of, relationships that we've been nurturing and, and people that we know very close and dearly for, for a long time now. And so, you know, we produce a wide range of content for various clients in all different sectors. And I think one of the big things that also makes us different is, you know, there's probably other companies out there that have, you know, huge rosters of content creators and things like that, you know, we're very specialized in, in quality as well as scale and, and coverage. So quality is super important to us. Um, the filmmakers that we work with and that are, who are in our network are really the best of the best in their market. And they're the types of folks who could compete on a DP level with anybody in New York, LA, um, anywhere else around the globe. Brandon, keep me honest. Did I uh, yeah. cover that all right? <laughs> yeah, and, and I like to explain our model also by examples. You know, one of our favorite examples uh, for obvious reasons from the last year is the work we did for The Voice on NBC. What happened was, you know, in the early days of COVID, they were stuck um, without being able to put a crew on a plane and hop around the map and shoot the home, home follows of the contestants. They reached out to us and we were able to pretty quickly get all of the contestants shot around the United States, wherever they lived by local crews. So what that allowed us to do was keep production going with the voice, um, capture these stories of contestants where they lived and not have to risk putting people on a plane. Obviously that was a huge concern a year ago, still is, but even as um, our industry opens back up, what we realize and uh, what our clients realize is like all the other benefits of this model of remote distributed production across a map. You don't have to fly crews everywhere. You're able to compress timelines. You're able to shoot multiple cities on the same day. Even you're able to save on travel airfare per diems, travel days for crew and on and on and on. And um, you're also able to lower your carbon footprint. You don't need to fly crews all around the world. And then to kind of wrap it up on a creative level, what it does is it allows our clients to tell more complete stories across a map. For example, you know, one of our clients, we, we just launched a video yesterday for a tech company that 3D prints wood, super cool product. It's called Forest, F-O-R-U-S-T. <laughs> um, but Typically, we would, you know, for a client like that, it's like you would go to their headquarters 
in Boston, in this case, you'd fly up there, you'd fly a crew, you'd shoot it, you'd shoot that one sliver of their story as it exists in the walls of their office, basically, and then you would be done. What we were able to do with them is shoot stakeholders and their tech as it looked in on the West Coast, LA, San Francisco, we were able to do simultaneous shooting, we were able to shoot in Boston, we were able to shoot in, in uh, Virginia, we were able to kind of tell a more complete story across the whole globe. So, or across, across the United States in that case, at least. So there's many, many benefits. And um, yeah, there's also great benefits for our crews too. We were able to bring more like national level work to smaller markets um, where the talent's just as good, but um, you know, a lot of people have decided to build lives and careers outside of the typical hubs of New York, LA and Atlanta. And um, we're still able to bring really cool opportunities, shooting for HBO, shooting for sh shooting for Google, shooting for um, NBC, like all over the map. So we're really proud of our network. We're really proud of our teams. We think their talent is consistently amazing across the map. And we think we could basically deliver a lot of benefits to our clients by using this global approach to production. That's amazing. And I, I know that you already talked a little bit about working on The Voice, but could you give us a couple of examples of working with some of your other clients, like brands like Google and LG? Yeah, I, I could talk about Legendary maybe, and then and then Harrison, you could talk about Google and sure. again, maybe maybe you hop onto LG, but Legendary is so top of mind, right? It, it just premiered last night on HBO Max. What we did for them was one of my favorite examples, because I think it illustrates to the extreme end how much we can do. So Legendary um, was for HBO Max, like I mentioned, the production company is Scout Productions, which you would know from Queer Eye. Well, you know, they came to us with a very compressed timeline. The challenge was we have contestants for this dance competition show living in New York, Philly, and Atlanta. And they're, they need to get on a plane basically next week. You know, this was the brief. Like, they need to fly to LA to shoot the studio portion of the show. They need to fly to LA where they're going to uh, spend a few months recording, you know, the competition part of the show. But we'd like to film them in their own home cities to give that background of where they come from and, and kind of that more personal story. You know, how can we do this? How can we do this quickly? How could we do this with, you know, a, a kind of like constrained budget timeline and, and all of the above? And what, what, what we were able to do for them is bring together crews in New York, Philly and Atlanta shoot 17 profile packages in all three cities in one day. So that stacks the productions. You don't need to fly a crew kind of like uh, on a timeline, you know, from one city to the next to the next. Uh, it, it enabled us to just do it all at once very quickly and also deliver a consistent high level of quality footage too. The feedback from Scout Productions was, you know, this exceeded our expectations. It looks cinematic. It looks beautiful. And it, you know, it's of a quality that definitely belongs on HBO Max. I guess, Harrison, you're going to elaborate. Yeah, I think, um, I think Brandon covered Legendary really well. Do you want me to talk a bit about Google as kind of a different example? I think so, yeah. Sure. We've had an, an ongoing relationship with Google for years and have done a, a wide range of projects for them. We've done you know, TV spots that we filmed in like, you know, if my memory's correct, like 14 different countries globally where, you know, we filmed a series of like very, you know, authentic 
documentary kind of lifestyle with tech involved vignettes that all got baked together in a single TV spot for Android. And then our most recent project that we did for them, Google did a, a pretty big undertaking and made, I think what is, could very easily be called like a feature doc about search. Um, it was called trillions of questions, no easy answers. And, you know, they were undertaking interviewing a whole lot of people um, at Google and outside about the history of search and the way that, you know, humanity has kind of changed in regard to search and things like that. And they really needed um, a content library built for their feature of vignettes and again, authentic moments of people, you know, using technology in different parts of the world, everywhere from the US to Kathmandu to Asia, South Africa, everywhere in between. And so we came on board and filmed um, globally for them and built a content library that then when they went into the edit, they had a whole bunch of like really great customer moments to bring this history and, and of search and, and current day culture to life globally for their, uh, for their story, for their feature. That's a great title for a, a doc, Trillions of Questions, No Easy Answers. Great title. And, and I was thinking about something last week because I remember the first time I think it was when I was in college and I was dating a girl and at, at the time, like Google was fairly new, just a couple of years. She was like, oh yeah. Uh, she was telling me a, uh, a story about like, oh yeah, I Googled somebody. And I just remember how fast that became a term like early on and it just yeah. became instant part yeah. of the vernacular. Yep. So um, it's kind of, it's, it's an interesting. You know, thing. you've made it when your company turns into a verb yeah yeah exactly and it's and it's actually kind of funny but yeah it's uh we had we had a moment of that in our feature film where one of the characters is is googling somebody we're like wait a minute is that is that is that like an issue we're talking about the brand he's and then they're like that's so part of culture at this point it yeah. doesn't you know it's it, it's sort sure. of innocuous you know yeah yeah 100 percent. Wigan, do you want to talk about lg or any of the music uh, content you've been making? Yeah, I mean, I think, you know, it's interesting, like when we talk about like this model, you know, so part of it is like, seems like it's kind of like made for the pandemic because for a while, like people were not allowed to travel. But, um, you know, I think like as Brandon was talking about, like there's, there's a lot, it's like one of those things, like there's certain things that have happened over the last year and a half that are probably not going to change moving forward. There's things that people have like learned and people have kind of figured out how to, how to do their jobs like remotely more. And there's certain, and I think like, so this, the job that we did for LG is like a perfect example of kind of like a style of production that like never would have been done remotely in the past because it was, you know, much more like commercial, you know, much more commercial, like, you know, a lot of stakeholders, a lot of different stakeholders from different brands. And then, you know, very much like a strong creative vision. Um, and so Brandon directed that one. And, you know, we shot in three different cities um, in two countries, you know, I think in three consecutive days. And, um, and it was, you know, fully remote, but also fully remotely directed so it's it's one of those where you know every single shot including you know the b-roll outside on the streets was being streamed via zoom 
And so, you know, we were, you know, Brandon was commenting on, on, you know, every shot as if he was there. Right. And if you think about it, it, what's really interesting is like, if you're on like a commercial set, you know, most of the time the director's like sitting behind a monitor anyhow. So if you really think about it, like, what's the difference, <laughs> you know, yeah. like, but what's the difference, fun. what's the difference between like sitting behind a monitor or sitting behind a computer, like plugged into zoom. It's like, it, it's really like, once you get comfortable with this model, it's really, it's, 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 it's amazing how much you do not lose. Right. By like hopping on a yeah. plane and like burning up days of like travel and like everything that goes along with it. And, you know, specifically with this, this LG project, you know, we had some pretty like high level talent with Olivia Munn and Richard Sherman. Um, and then this video gamer Arteezy. Um, so it was just like, I, I think when we did it, it was definitely like a stretch where it was like, you know, we need to like really like, you know, make sure this actually works. Like when you're dealing with a lot of stakeholders, high level talent, cause we, you're not there like on set to be able to like massage things. But, but I mean, in the end it worked, the end product was great. And I think again, like the reason it works is because of the quality of our filmmakers. And, you know, I think like, it's really important to me, like we call them filmmakers because I think that's one of the differences between like what we do and like some of the other crew services that are out there is because like the reality is if, if you just have a creative brief, like say you're any company, Google, whatever, like you're not going to like just send, send a creative brief to, you know, just a shooter, right. You're not going to send them a creative brief and just be like, all right, go off and get, do your thing and, and send us the footage. But you would send a creative brief to a filmmaker. So there's a difference there, right? Like there's, so I think one of the things that we try and do on our side is when we're curating our home team network, like anybody who is in our home team network is considered a, a filmmaker in our minds. And it's kind of like this, like, you know, maybe it's just us and it's just like this loose definition, but like there's certain things that, you know, there's a difference in, at least in my head, between somebody who's a DP and somebody who's a filmmaker. And the difference is, is that the filmmaker is somebody who can be nimble and creative and think on their feet and problem solve and, you know, go out into the field with a creative vision and come back with a finished product, right? So it's like very much, um, I just think that's like a really important I part. I wholeheartedly agree with that. Yeah. Yeah. Because I, I've dealt with that myself. I've done a lot of client work myself in the past and I've even worked for uh, IBM fortune 500 company. And so I, I've, I've kind of seen that inside kind of perspective. And, and I've asked myself those kind of questions of a client of, you know, like really deep questions. They're like, Whoa, that's, that's, that, that's an interesting question that, you know, like that's like almost like a project management style question. Right. There's like a real estate developer. I'm like, I want to know all the steps on, what you guys are doing to develop this property. He's like, he's like, Oh, that's, that's really interesting. I'm like, yeah, you could hire anybody with a camera just to film stuff. But if you want somebody with a holistic understanding of what you're doing to really cover the story, that's what filmmaking is about. Right. right. Cause it's all at the end of the day, it's all about storytelling. Yeah. And, 
and so I think it's like when we get on these calls, they all they always start with like, oh, we need we need a video that's 30 seconds. And I'm like, okay, well, but why? Right. Like there's also like, like, what is your what's your actual end goal? Like, what is the story you're trying to tell? Who are you trying to connect with? Like, what are you guys actually doing? Um, and so I think like just that part of it's really important. Yeah, it's also just, it's interesting. I don't think it's, I, I'm curious, you don't have to say, but sure. I'm curious, like your age, um, Zeph, like, because I feel like there's definitely a generational thing because like Harrison, Brandon and I are all basically the same age, right? We're all right around like 40. And so essentially like there was this like DSLR revolution, you know, in our 20s which kind of like was a game changer as far as like giving the tools to young filmmakers to make thing things that look cinematic. Right? Absolutely. I'm, I'm and, 39. So I'm right, right around there with you guys. I was born in 81. Yeah, exactly. I was born in 81 too. Nice. So it's like, so I definitely think there is something to be said, like with like our home team network a lot, you know, some, some of our home, most of our home team network, I would say is around our age, like realistically. And it's, it's all of these people who are like independent minded filmmakers who like kind of started in that DSLR revolution and then grew and like started like, you know, getting hired to do commercials and music videos and, you know, documentaries. And, but it's this whole idea of it's like this DIY like philosophy, you know, yeah. where it's like, it's like, like do a lot with a little, you know, we don't need a 30 person crew. Like we just need like three people who are really good at what they do and we'll make whatever you want. Well said. Yeah. I I'm completely as part of that generation. Um, and even prior to that, I was actually involved in the music scene going to like, you know, Shows at CBGB's in New York City, which was a venue. Yeah, back in the I day. mean, listen, and I don't know if like for me, it all goes back to like you know that like DIY like punk rock attitude. Exactly. That, like, you know, that's I like I'm talking about like, played in like punk bands growing up and stuff. So that's more that's more me. <laughs> but like <laughs> me too. Like that's yeah. But I, I think it's sort I of dictated it. because you're spot on about the DSLR thing because I I always say the digital camera did for the filmmaker what the pen and paper did at some point for the writer. You know, it completely democratized the process. So yeah, that wholeheartedly. Yeah, I mean that that's a it it's basically the DNA of this home team network, right? Like because you're you're able to hop on a Zoom chat with somebody in Istanbul or Amsterdam or you know, in Australia or like wherever they live, honestly. And you know, you speak the same jargon, you know the same gear you all have the same gear, basically, you have the same workflow, you all learn basically the same approach. So what we do on this side, the three of us on this, on this, uh, on this chat here, like, you know, we curate the crews where the story lives and who's the best crew in that place. And we bring the creative vision, we kind of like distill it from the client to the crews in a really cohesive way. We create like a production playbook or production Bible where we're saying like, you know, these are your shooting specs. This is the gear. Here's your shot list and all that. Right. So 
we dial it in. So there's a consistency of quality of footage, of style of footage, tone and look and feel and, and technical specs. And then at some point it's very coordinated and it's very curated, but at some point there's a level of trust, right? And like, that's why to, to Lagan's point, that's why we work with filmmakers and people we trust because at some point you're not dictating every single shot necessarily. And that's where the magic always comes in with, with our work, right? Especially when it's like doc style branded content or kind of like commercial work. You could go in with a plan, but the light's gonna fall differently or you're gonna have like something happen that's like, you need to be improvisational. You need to think on your feet with the story and the brief in mind. And, you know, I think what, what happens is we, we, really direct, you know, let's say three quarters of what the shoot will look like, we know. And then like the last quarter is just like, we trust you guys go wild, have fun, make awesome stuff. And what they deliver back is amazing. So, I love that. that that's yeah. brilliant. And you guys sort of answered my question about, I was going to ask if you think remote productions are here to stay even after the pandemic is behind us. I think they are as well, because I think the pandemic might've prompted certain things that might've been in inevitable. For instance, commercial real estate, you know, a lot of companies might be undoubtedly or saying, well, why, why are we paying 40 or 50 grand a month in rent when people could just work from home? And I don't think they're going to just go back to doing that now that it's sort of proof of concept. There's a similarity with, you know, in your business model as well. I, I hope so. Yeah. I mean, I hope like Lagan said, we've seen so many benefits and like I've done this for over a decade and I only see upside, honestly, like it, and it's, it's so wild. Like to me, when I think of the productions we've done in the last year and I'm just like reflecting back, I, I almost, my memory can't remember if it was like in person or, <laughs> or remote, like it's so odd. It, it all is just like, I think we're all getting used to living in this like blended world. Right. Yeah. Um, and so, yeah, I think, I think it opens up a lot of opportunities to tell bigger stories, like literally and, and figuratively, you could tell broader stories across a larger map. You could also tell stories about different, um, slices of life that you may not have otherwise gotten by just sticking around major markets. Um, on, in a very practical way, we're saving our clients. Like I said, you know, putting, putting less of the budget into um, pass through costs of travel and things like that. It's all showing up in front of the lens. We're investing that into like better gear, um, you know, better quality of footage comes out of it. And um, I, I really think, you know, if anybody needs to be convinced, just take a look at the finished work. And I, you can't really tell that like, if you watched the, the Google doc or the LG series or the, you know, or the voice or whatever, like it doesn't say this was done remotely. It, it just looks like beautiful content. The proof is in the so, pudding. Yeah. Yeah. I think so. And it requires our clients to take a little bit of a risk, right? Like that's, that's what changed in the pandemic in 2020 clients were up against a wall. And I think the ones that were, willing to change up their usual typical process were rewarded by being able to try a new model and make awesome stuff and keep keep moving forward and so it would be a shame if everybody says oh now we can hop on a plane let's go back to flying crews everywhere 
and just going to like a few places to tell a story and spending a bunch of money on travel costs. <laughs> like, like have we, you know, I think we've learned a lot in the past year and a lot of it is beneficial and hopefully is carried forward. Excellent. And tell us a little bit about your backgrounds. How did you guys uh, really come together? Brandon is the glue. So Brandon, I think you take this one. <laughs> Brandon, you're the egg and the meatloaf, I guess. The, the middle of the Venn diagram. Um, <laughs> well, Harrison and I go back to, I mean, we all go back to Brooklyn days. So we all lived in Brooklyn at the same time. Queen, right sorry. after Queen. I'm sorry. <laughs> Lagan lived in Astoria, but you know. I guess it wasn't that we memorable. Still accept him. <laughs> we accept Lagan, him. you can't tell everybody that you lived in Astoria. You have to say oh, Hey, no, 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 no. <laughs> I, I am very proud of Queen. <laughs> Like you're keeping all, them honest. Yeah, yeah. Fair, fair point. And and I think Harrison actually lived in Manhattan for for a little bit of that time too. And I was in Greenpoint. Nice. So, but by the time by the time we you and I linked up, Brandon, I was in Brooklyn for sure. Okay. And what year? Well, what, what year was you know, that? that? We had this like brotherhood of, of Brooklynites, I guess. But anyway, um, I mean, as the story goes, you know, Harrison and I linked up. I I saw what he was doing with his company, Commission Content Group, which is was like a very much global remote production model in the very early days. Um, and we worked on a global production for Starbucks. I was one of the DPs on that, one of the directors for part of it. Um, and, and then this was yeah, back in uh, the, the Starbucks thing was 2014. Okay. Give you a time frame. Great. Yeah. And so, and, and quickly after that, uh, you know, I became a commission roster director and we did a bunch of work for, um, you know, brands like Instagram and the Google Android uh, thing that Harrison mentioned and some hospitality brands. Kind of like simultaneously, uh, Lagan invited me to hop on Kesha's tour bus and make a show for MTV, <laughs> which was like a whole well, massive adventure. We could talk all day about that one. Well, um, that was that was actually in, I think the first time you, sh you shot with us with Kesha was like 2010. It was like 2010, oh 2011. God. Really? So, yeah, because we spent, um, and then Brandon and I spent, I think it was most of, no, actually, I think you first shot, because you shot some stuff with us for the season one. Let me back up. All right. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> Did you so, have to twist Brandon's arm to go on Kesha's tour bus and film or? No, it was literally, it was literally, it was uh, a call on Friday afternoon saying, can you get on a, a plane to like Switzerland or something on Sunday morning? And I was like, yep, I'm there. I'm there. Yeah. <laughs> so, so it's, so Brandon and I have another mutual friend that we, so Brandon and I kind of go, we go back to the, the Washington DC days. So Brandon and I were both in Washington DC and like, well, for various, but Brandon's from Washington DC, but we started doing stuff together. I think it was like around, it was probably around like 2011, 2011, a mutual friend of ours. I had started to, so my sister is Kesha, the singer. Oh, wow. And so yeah. So she, her career started to skyrocket in 2010. And so myself and a few friends of mine, cause I was working as a video journalist in DC. So we just started to just be like, I was just like, oh, wow, like this is insane. Like she went from like nothing to being like the top artist in the world. Like we just need to like capture it, right? Like there's just so much going on. So I just started like 
myself and some of my like journalism, like video journalist friends started just like, you know, taking long weekends and like going and hopping on the tour bus and stuff. And then she was coming through DC and we wanted to do, that was the first time we did like a proper like multi-cam shoot. And we were just like, everybody like call all the video guys, like all the video guys and gals, you know, just get everybody like (laughs) anybody who knows anybody with the camera, just get them to come to this Fairfax concert. And, uh, so our our mutual friend Steven brought Brandon and and we shot that show, which ended up being like we ended up using that content a lot in the so we ended up originally we were making a documentary and we had this whole plan of like we're gonna do this independent documentary and it's gonna be like DA Pennebakers, don't you don't know, look don't back. look back, yeah. and we're gonna take it to Sundance and we're gonna like do it like fully independent. And then in the process of like we we made like we made a short version of the film. We made a sizzle and all this stuff. And we were just like sending it to anybody and everybody we could think of. And it found its way to MTV films. Then we were like, yeah, I'd love to, you know, turn this into a film. And they were like, well, what about a TV show? And I was like, okay, sure. Whatever. (laughs) Like, and so we ended up selling, we ended up turning the documentary into a MTV show called Kesha, my crazy, beautiful life. And so basically we took like this first season, this first, this documentary and cut it up into six episodes. And then when we did season two, which was in 2012, that's when like Brandon was like, you know, I brought Brandon on to be like the DP of, of the second season. And, and we spent like that whole year, a lot of that year, like on tour buses and stuff. That's awesome. And your sister's very talented by the way. So, Oh yeah. yeah. Thank you. <laughs> um, so that's, yeah, that's pretty cool. Brandon, to empathize, I've had also certain friends of mine that have called me up to do a shoot uh, somewhere. And, you know, depending on that friendship, I'm like, I'm there. I don't care where it is. If we have to go to anywhere in the world, I'll, I'll go there with you. So yeah. Oh, yeah. That, that was the period. That was that season of life for all of us, right? Like, we all had these, like, to Ligan's point, we all had these, like, 5D, you know, Canon 5Ds in our hands. And a oh, Pelican yeah. case in our closet with a bunch of gear. And it was just like, you know, have gear, will travel. Like, let, like just throw yourself right into the deep end and well, just make cool stuff. So, yeah. yeah and, and I mean, that first season, especially of the MTV show, like there was like articles written about it saying how it was like visually like innovative and stuff. Because they were like, it looks so cinematic, but it's so like you know, handheld and energetic. Like we just shot all of that. That was entirely shot on seven D's and five D's like the entire thing. So it was like, um, it was purely just like, you know, 70 or a five D with a little magic lantern software and things like that. Yeah. And just like the, the little like onboard mics, you know, 90% of it. So it's like that whole first season of the show was just shot that way. That's awesome. And re- reflecting a little bit back on the past year, how did you guys, what did you guys learn that it'll, it'll shape the way that you approach production from now on? I mean, you, you talked about that a little bit that, you know, Brandon, you made an interesting point that, you know, you guys have gotten so thorough in your approach of remote productions that you yourself don't remember whether you're there sometimes or not. So that- yeah, I, I got to be honest. I mean, what I what I'm saying lately is like I'm all in on remote production because I just believe so much in what it's capable of doing that 
even though we had a lot of experience in this style of production before, which allowed us to kind of like hit the ground running, scale up fast, like all this stuff. After the last year, I just don't know why we would go back. I, I mean, I see um, the value in it. I don't, I don't, I, yeah. I think that's here to stay even after the pandemic is long behind us. Yeah. Yeah. It, it's also, it just opens up so many more possibilities and like, you know, from just like a practical standpoint, like, at least for me, it's like, I have two children, I'm kind of like over traveling, like, you know, half of my time or 75% of my time, I'm kind of just like, on a personal level, like kind of done with that. So it's like, it's just, it makes a lot more sense in a lot of a lot of different ways, you know, our cruise, you know, like it's all about the trust we have in our crews. It like all goes back to that. Um, and it's like, we've, we've built this, like this, this network that we've built is robust and powerful. And it's kind of like, you know, I don't know about for other people, but for us specifically, it just makes a lot of sense because like, you know, whether we knew it or not, like we've kind of been like building up towards this for like most of the last 20 years. Harrison, do you want to chime in here? I do. I'd love to chime in. My answer is going to be a little bit different. I think for me, the big lesson was how true the adage is of if you want to go fast, go alone. If you want to go far, go together. You know, the whole industry shift of having to go into remote was was nothing new for me because of how long, you know, I had been kind of focusing on that specialization for 10 years. But I think it was very new for me this past year was just seeing the difference of how quickly and how greatly things changed when the three of us teamed up, me, Brandon, and Lagan. We all operate, you know, we all like originally operated in different spheres of influence in the industry. Lagan, very embedded in the music world. Um, Brandon, very embedded in tech and startup and, you know, that type of world. I've always been very kind of ingrained in an agency and, and big brand world just because it's where I spent my first decade of my career. And then obviously collectively we all operate in, in brand world, but I think seeing those, those three specific spheres of influence come together, it, it wasn't, it, ended, it didn't, it did not end up being one plus one plus one equals three. It ended up being one plus one plus one equals like six. And I think that's been a, a big lesson for me of how different this past year has gone, if that makes sense. Absolutely. It's been great. Yeah. We also kind of blended our networks and created yeah. this like super network because yeah, like when, you know, when we have briefs come up, like right now, you know, we're talking with a bunch of clients, we're in pre-production on a bunch of things, but it's like, oh, we need a great cinematic shooter in LA. <laughs> and the three of us kind of like text each other or hop on a call and we're like, yep, we know this guy, we know that person, you know, we need someone in, in, in Philly, who, who's that? I've worked with a great person in Miami or, you know, that's usually Harrison, he lives there. It's like, we all bring our like personal networks to the table and everybody's just playing really well together. Yeah, yeah. That, that's such a key element that sometimes people outside of production aren't always aware of It's how it's not just the most talented cinematographer or sound recordist or whatever, but it's, it's, you know, it's what kind of dynamic they bring on set. Is it somebody that's positive to work with or is it somebody that's, kind of difficult, you know, and for you guys to understand those sort of 
dynamics. I'm sure that that goes a long way. Can, can I add one more thing that I learned or, or that Absolutely. was like really, really like, um, really reestablished for me in the past year was like the value of, I, I guess Harrison kind of mentioned it, but like going together, the value of being less like I'm trying to hold on to my small network or whatever. And more like if you invite everybody, we'll all rise together. So I think part of what I learned was like, if we stayed small as a production company, I don't know if we would have lasted through 2020, honestly, because we wouldn't have been working outside of our network. We would have only been in Austin and Nashville, basically. And we would have kind of been stuck. But by just being more open to collaboration with anyone and everyone, you know, we've been able to like spread a lot of work around, offer a massive network and a way forward for our clients. And like, there's this sort of brotherhood, sisterhood kind of vibe in our industry of like, let's just make cool shit together. And like, you know, we, we never call up a crew and they're like, no, I won't do that. It's always like, yeah, cool. Like, when do you need me? Where, when let's do it, you know? And so I think people should realize like our industry is so generous and collaborative and everybody's like in this together. And I think coming at challenges, like what 2020 brought coming at challenges with like that kind of attitude of like abundance and it's all, it's all good, I think has served us really well. And it served like our whole network and it served our clients really well. Nice. Well said. And, uh, is there any other recent exciting projects that you guys want to talk about? You talked a little bit about the, the Google documentary and also working with, with the voice, but is there anything else on the table that I mean, I mean, got I've a got, lot coming up. You do have <laughs> yeah. a lot coming up. Yeah. Brandon just launched, um, a, you know, piece that he directed for Forrest that he talked about. Do you want to talk about the four sigmatic thing? I think that's I was going to so bring cool. that up. I was going to bring that up. It's you know, it's really funny. Cool. It's really funny in the work that we all do as an industry. And we, this is part of what I love about what we do, which is sometimes you'll do like a really big splashy project. That's like, you know, it's famous and a ton of people see, and, and that makes it really exciting. And it's for Google or it's for Facebook or whoever, um, or the voice. And then other times, like, you might do work for like a really cool, smaller client that's really starting to get traction and the creative opportunity is huge. And so we took on um, a, a new client called Four Sigmatic over the past couple of months and just launched like their first, you know, spot for their brand awareness campaign that they've, that they've, that they're doing ever. And I just ended up like being super, super proud of it. And it was a really great like production process example. They came and they, as a company, so Four Sigmatic makes, you know, their hero product is mushroom coffee. But as a company, oh. they take, yeah, they I think take, I've heard of them. Yeah. Yeah. Their whole philosophy as a company is like, take these adaptogens and these superfoods and put them into types of food and beverages that people drink on a daily basis so that they can work them into their lives. And so... Um, they chose their hero product being their, their ground mushroom coffee and really ground mushroom coffee is just, it's regular coffee with ground mushrooms, you know, added in. And I have to say, but it's also, is that the one that also has like lion's mane and stuff like yeah. that? Yeah. yeah. Okay. I've definitely heard yeah. of that. Cause I've, yeah. I was like looking into actually buying that and sounded interesting. Yeah. 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 And lion's mane and, and chaga are both types of mushrooms and it, they help you focus. Um, they help you with kind of your, your brain function. And so they came to us and they wanted us to, you know, handle everything from start to finish, write the concept, 
produce it, edit it, film it, direct it, the whole bit. And so we we wrote their concept and remote directed it and filmed it in a studio in Prague. Awesome. Um, I love Prague. Yeah, me too. It just came out phenomenal. It's they're they're really like quirky brand in just the best possible way. And they gave us a lot of creative license to take it in that direction. And it's really funny. And yeah, but just ended up being really proud of it. Can you, Harrison, this is one area where I feel like it's like the remote model like opens yeah. up creative possibilities. Can you just talk about that? Because like, if you were to shoot, had to have had to shoot that, that spot in New York, for instance, would like, not have been possible. Right. Can you just like talk yeah. about that? Yeah. So the concept that I wrote ended up needing to have like a good amount of like set design, set build and VFX in a studio. The idea was to start this woman out in the kitchen of her home in the morning and she's making her cup of Four Sigmatic coffee. And all of a sudden, you know, she she takes her first sip and all of a sudden the kitchen behind her just starts to like in 3D disappear. And then all of a sudden the kitchen is gone and she's in the middle of a forest in Finland. And then all of a sudden, boom, we can't whip pan to the left. And there's this Finnish couple just standing there staring at her. Just so, so fucking confused. Like, where did this woman come from? And so, and they're just like in Finnish, which in Finnish means good morning. Like, what are you doing here? So I, I don't speak con- Finnish, by the way, but that sounded like it could be very authentic. You sounded like you <laughs> sounded like you nailed the accent. <laughs> Thank you. As part of writing this, I had to get to know my Finnish, my Finnish accent, because Four Sigmatic was started by five guys from Finland who now live in the U.S. Oh, and so there's this, cool. there's this Finnish tie, yeah. Um, and they wanted that to to be a very subtle thread through the concept. And so this, with the amount of set design and VFX and their budget this just would not have been possible. And I knew as soon as we needed authentic Finnish talent and we needed this amount of like set design and VFX, I was like, as soon as I wrote it, I was like, I want to take this to Prague. I want to film this in Prague. And so by filming it in Prague, there's so much amazing and affordable craftsmen that do set builds and construction set design. So we were able to just do things by taking this remote approach and looking at the globe and looking at, all right, well, where can we pull this off in the best, most high-end way on this budget with the talent that we need? And it was like, let's do this shit in Prague. Like, it'd be great. And so we filmed it in a studio in Prague, but we also had like, you know, we needed footage of a forest in Finland. Um, so we got that. We also needed like a, like a different, we needed like fill a shot. So we had a forest shot um, shot in um, in Oregon that we had to fit into the edit because the forest in Oregon looked like the forest in Finland, but there wasn't snow in Oregon and there was still snow in Finland. So we had to like problem solve all these things. And so that's my just, very- just, Sorry, just to be clear, Harrison did not go to Prague or Finland no. or oh, Oregon wow. or anything. Yeah. No, no. I stayed in Charleston. I did that's all this shit from Charleston. Um, yeah. And we just like, I have like, we have like a great DP in Oregon that we work with all the time. So I got him to go and knock out a plate shot. We have our team that we work with in Prague that we've known for like five or six years now. And I immediately knew they could pull off everything. So yeah, it was awesome. And the spot, the spot came out great. 
Nice. I'm so proud of it. It's I, I got to really check it great. out. Sounds like a really cool concept. Yeah. I could Thank you. picture it. So yeah, that's, that's really cool. Awesome. Can I tell one very, I'll keep this one short, but this is like another thing of just like, like things that would not be possible to do without like this remote uh, strategy is like, so we did something for Global Citizen, the Global Citizen Awards last last fall or winter. And so Katie Couric was presenting an award to an, an award, a humanitarian in in Lagos, right? At Lagos, Nigeria. Yeah. And and they wanted it to appear as though they're in the same room. So this is all Harrison, again, who has like really strong contacts in Lagos, Nigeria, and was able to source like the one hotel in Lagos, Nigeria that has like the the fastest internet. Uh, we were able to like build green screen studios in the, that, that match each other in Lagos, Nigeria and New York, shoot on the exact same cameras, exact same lensing, exact same lighting in both places and they're communicating via Zoom. And in the final product, like it, it's unbelievable. It looks like you cannot tell that they're on two different continents. That's amazing. Yeah, it was really cool. I think that's, yeah, that's just gonna be pervasive going yeah. forward more and more of that kind of thing. Yeah, absolutely. Well, this, this has been an amazing talk, guys. Is, uh, is there any other stories that you want to share or anything else that you want to kind of highlight? I don't think so. I mean, I think the only last thing that I would add that was kind of a, you know, which I think is, a, is a, maybe a good thing to finish on is it's also been very promising to see how a very wide range of clients have reacted to this over the past year and a half. Imagine being a client, being the one cutting the check for a big production and for the first time in your career, you're not going to be on set. And they've all really taken it in stride. And it's one of the reasons why I think we all feel that remote is, is here to stay is because, you know, had, had certain things not happened over the past year and a half, some of those clients may have never, you know, taken the risk and given it a shot, but they were forced to. And I think what's happened is the clients who have gotten some remote experience underneath their belt, they've been amazed at what that experience is like for them as clients. You know, these clients are used to being on set where there might be two or three layers of people. Dozens of people. I've been part Dozens. of those shoots. Yes. And it's always yeah. remarkable. I've always been surprised myself of, wow, sometimes on these client shoots for, for these large agencies, how many people are on set? Sometimes it's more than a feature film, straight up. Absolutely. Yeah. And, and for them as clients, there might be layers of people in between them and the director, right? But here's what happens on a remote shoot for a client. This is what Four Sigmatic shoot was like with me remote directing on Zoom into the studio in Prague. All the Four Sigmatic clients are on Zoom with me and they're watching a live feed from camera on Zoom and they're on mute, but anytime that they have something that they need me as the director to be aware of, they text, in live chat from within Zoom, I see their thoughts immediately. We lose zero time on set because I can immediately relay a super important comment that they have to the crew and it's seamless. And so I think for the first time, a lot of these clients are getting a lot closer to the filmmaking and storytelling process on a shoot, on set. That is very different for them than if they spent the past 10, 20 years of their career in Video Village with layers between them and the director. Right. And I think 
it, it's changing it's changing the experience for them. And, and I think there's going to be a lot of projects where they're going to prefer that experience. And there's, you know, let's not, let's not lie to ourselves. There will be a lot of clients and agencies who will want to get as many people back on planes as quickly as possible. That, that's part of what the industry is built on and how, and how everybody's money is made sometimes. But I think there's going to be a lot of remote productions that are here to stay because it's also a phenomenal experience for clients. I agree. I think that's, I think that's probably a little, a good thing to end on. Definitely. And where, where could people follow along with you guys, check out your work and our home team.com is the best. And I think we should add a, uh, email newsletter, sign up to our site. Now let people follow along. That'll probably be the best way to stay up to date with all the stuff that we're doing. Yeah. And just, just to be clear, it's, we are home team.com. It's like three words. We are home team. Yeah, uh, I kind of said it yeah. very long. That yeah, because I yeah, <laughs> if you go to hometeam.com, you'll get a very different impression. <laughs> uh, you could also just email any one of us. Yeah. Well, awesome. I mean, reach out. I think I think another thing I hope people would understand is like we're very excited about the potential and helping our clients kind of like helping them make this kind of transformation to remote production realize like what's possible. So it's cool. We get a lot of clients who are like, I think we might be facing a challenge here. What do you guys think? And we kind of like in the matter of like one quick call, put their minds at ease and just say like, yeah, it's possible. And have you thought of this and that? So we like really help kind of guide them and shepherd them into like a really positive production experience. So it's all to say, check out our work at wearehometeam.com, but also just reach out and we're happy to just hop on a phone and, and just explore with anyone really and see, Absolutely. you know, if this, if this model works for them. Brandon, Harrison, Lagan, really appreciate you guys being on globe screen and uh, look forward to checking out your work. Thanks so much. Awesome. We really appreciate it. Yeah. Thank you.